Amen. Uh, my name is Pastor. My name is Dayo Babalola. People call me Pastor D. Um, like I've said, my fan Captain Tunde. I, I think we should give them a round of applause for what has happened here. I was talking to the operations lead yesterday, Sister Diola, and she was telling me how Sister Julie was sending emails at 1 a.m. And, you know, it takes a lot of work to do all of this kind of thing. Pastoring, like he will tell you, is a lot of work. So, you know, the members of um, Transformers Church love and honor your pastor. And anywhere you are from, love and honor your pastor. Always be that person to say, what can I do to make this work easier for you? You know, um, that would be something that would be a blessing to your pastor. Uh, myself and Captain Judy have come a long while now, but I just want to beat Sister Sally. So I'll say 11 years because he said Sister Sally was 10 years. I just decided, I, I made up my mind while sitting down there that I was going to say 11 years, <laughs> right? And, you know, and we've been um, teaching the gospel, you know, for, for that long together, um, preaching and um, sharing God's word and helping the saints. One thing I want to say to you before we get into the word of God is cherish godly friendships. Friendships that will stir you up onto more godliness. The strategy of God for you in your life is that you choose the people that walk around and with you. Amen. God will bring people your way. You have to be discerning to know the ones that are going to be on your journey and keep them. We're in a world where with strife, offense, malice, bitterness, spoils many great things God wants to do. You know, but you must be discerning and know people that you keep with you. And, you know, no matter what you say, I would walk with this person because God has a plan and God has a purpose. Praise God. Amen and amen. And so we've been, we've been together, you know, with our, you know, uh, with our, our lovely families and, you know, our former mentees that we that became our wives you know that that's our story you know we're teaching them Ephesians 1 and Ephesians 2 then they became dear and darlings that's that's just our story our beautiful wife Julami as well and um I'm Nikki you know it's such a privilege to have them stand by us we didn't look like this when we started off so if you don't think we are looking good imagine how we were looking 12 years ago Selah praise God <laughs> Hallelujah. I just want to thank God for our wives. I thank God for all we put them through. Amen. And that they are still with us. Pray for them. Praise God. Today we are going to be sharing God's word. Um, and I hope that you would hear the spirit of God as we teach. I'm trying to be very, very slow. This is not me. But I'm under instruction. <laughs> amen and amen. And if I'm fast, right, stop me. Let us pray. Father, we believe and receive wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you that today the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened again and Jesus Christ will be glorified. The saints will be edified in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Identity, <laughs> my identity in Christ. You know, and when we look at this topic, identity, all right. When we look at this topic identity, we are looking, we are, we are talking about the core of the gospel. In the gospel, I find my identity, praise God. In the gospel, but before we go a little further, if we say that we find our identity in the gospel, and the gospel is written in the Bible, 
What exactly is this Bible? I think we should start from there. If you have a Bible with you, you will most likely see something on it called Holy Bible. Is, is that, does anybody have a Bible and in front of that Bible it says Holy Bible? Now, okay, it uses two words, Holy Bible. Two words. So the first word is Holy. The second one is Bible. So what is the Holy Bible? Because if everything we have to talk about is around this, you must understand what this is. Praise God. Because this is the substance of our faith. Because it is in this book somewhere we would find our identity. So the word holy means to be set apart. I'll say it again. The word holy means to be set apart. So for example, Ayer is wearing a shirt. The shirt she's wearing or the shoe she's wearing, at some point that shoe was in a particular store. That shoe, anybody could have picked it up. But the moment Ayo paid for that shoe and she took it out of the store, that shoe became holy unto Ayo for Ayo's use. A woman is just a woman, right? A man, just a man. Then she sees someone she likes. A man sees a woman that he likes. They go to a church or a registry wherever they go to, and then they formalize it, and they become married. That man and that woman, they are holy unto themselves. What does that mean? They are set apart, different, peculiar, for use only for that other person in a particular way. So there is a way I am set apart unto my wife, and my wife is set apart unto me, that no other person is set apart unto me like that. Then we say, Holy Bible. What then will be the Holy Bible? It must mean, if it is holy, it must mean it is what? Set apart. The question will now be set apart unto what? Let's now get into our first scripture. Second Timothy. Verse 15. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 15. I'll pick up speed now. And are we there? And that from a child, thou hast known thee. Are we all there? 2 Timothy 3, 15. Are we there? And from a child, that has no, thou hast known thee. Holy scriptures. Okay, I'll wait for you to be there. Let me know. Are we there now? Second Timothy 3.15. And that from a child, that has known thee, holy scriptures. So that word holy scriptures, I mean, that you have known the set apart writings. Are we together? Which are able to make you wise unto salvation. Through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. So, the Bible is a set-apart writing. And the essence of the Bible, it is holy unto making you know about something. 
I want, to, I want to be sure that you are with me. What is the Bible set apart to make you knowing? It is in that verse 15. The Holy Scriptures is the set apart writings. What is the Holy Scriptures set apart to do? Is there. It's able to make you wise unto salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So the Bible is actually a document whose purpose, its central purpose, is to help you know about faith. It will help you to know about salvation. Faith in Christ Jesus. So the writing here is telling us that this Bible, its assignment, when it has finished the assignment, is to help you know about your identity in Christ. So when I am true with looking into this book, the grace on this book, the anointing of this book is that it is set apart to ensure that I know my identity. The, that means if I looked in through this book and I did not come out with a, an awesome idea of my identity, it's either I didn't read it well or I'm lying, I didn't read it. Praise God. Because the grace on this book is to help you see who you are in Christ Jesus. So when you see here, Holy Bible, a book set apart to help you know about who you are in Christ. So if I wanted to know my identity, where do I go? According to all, that's all I mean. Where would I go? If I wanted to actually know my identity, where do I go? It should be the Holy Scriptures. As a human being, do you have an identity? Sister, okay, let me look for an example of someone that I know. Sister Barbara, where are you from? You are from Nigeria. Sister Sally, where are you from? Sierra Leone. So I can go through the room. Sister Nikki, where are you from? All right, I can go to the room and I'll see different people and from an earthly point of view, they have a source where they came from. Who, where are you from, Sarah? Are you from Australia? Or are you from Britain? Where are you from? Okay, not something. Now, so, 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 <laughs> so the idea is everybody from a point of view of humanism comes from somewhere. And where we come from predominantly affects how we live from an earthly point of view. Praise God. So, Sarah, please tell us about something that is peculiar in terms of food that you eat from where you come from. Breakfast tea. Sister, yeah, brilliant. That's something peculiar to you from where you come from. Sister Sally, tell us something. Go way back now. Tell us something from where you come from that is peculiar to your people. Meaning that if you found someone in this place, taking that, you will be shocked because they are not from where you are from. Cassava leaves, right? So if Sister Sally found you having cassava leaves, she'll be like, huh, why? It is peculiar unto them because that's what they eat. So what I'm trying to say is that your identity, where you are from, affects how you do. But what we are trying to, why are we talking about what we're talking about today? We are not talking about your humanistic identity, where you hail from as a country. We are talking about another identity. 
This identity is in Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Let's look at John chapter 1. This identity is in Christ. John, the book of John. I will start to read from verse 12. It says, but as many as received him, as many as did what? To them he gave the authority to become what? The sons of God. John chapter 1 verse 12. I'll say that again. For as many as received him, to them he gave the authority to become the sons of God, even unto them that believe on his name. In this verse, my, my questions are never difficult. In this verse, what do you need to do to become a son of God? Receive and believe. So when I believe his message, right, I become a son of God, right? He now tells you that in verse 13, he's trying to differentiate identity. He's now telling you these people that are sons of God, they are not sons of God from a point of view of blood, just the way my wife got pregnant and gave birth to a son. That will be her giving birth from a humanistic point of view that is normal to humans. But there is what? There is another birth. Praise God. Church, praise God. There is another birth. So he says to you in verse 13, he says, which were born, John 1, 13, which were born, not of blood. Just like my wife will go and give birth. No, let me stop saying my wife will go and give birth. She's done, no. All right, praise God. All right, <laughs> okay, okay. Which were born, not of blood. I am saying, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man. A man and a woman can choose to have a child. He's saying, this is not the birth I'm talking about. I am not talking as it relates to this particular kind of identity. He says, but this birth is of God. So the identity we are talking about today is the fact that when you believe on the gospel, you become born. Praise God. When you believe the gospel, you become born. But the birth is not like your earthly birth. The birth is a birth of the spirit. It's not an earth, and I'll explain what that means. This birth is different. Because this birth is different, it, we cannot look into the identity around this birth. It says not born of the will of man, but this one is born of God. So let me ask you the question. If my wife gave birth and she gave birth to a child that is like her and myself, when God gives birth, because it says it's not born of the will of man, but born of the will of God. So God gives birth. Praise God. Does God give birth? Based on what we have seen. So God gives birth. If God, if my wife gives birth and the child is like my wife and I, if God was to give birth, who will he give birth to? He will produce someone after his own kind. So when I believed in the gospel, which you must have heard before, called to be born again. What is born again? It is in the word. To be born again, because you have been born before. What is the born before? The born before was the earthly birthing. How you came into this earth was the first birth. 
the one we call born again. And that's why Nicodemus will say in John 3, he says to, he says to Jesus, Jesus, what, what are you talking about? Jesus says, you must be born again. Nicodemus is saying to him, what are you talking about? Are you saying at this my age, a rabbi of my standing, I am to go back into my mother's belly? He says, no. I am not talking about earthly birth. I am talking about a birth that is of God. So you must get it clear. Number one, you are born into this world as a human being. We are not saying you are not a human being. I remember when I was teaching, teaching in, in the university, right? And I started to teach about the fact that if anyone is in Christ, it's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The old man is dead. A brother heard me from the meeting. I went to print his out, out his own obituary. Um, do you know what obituary is? Do you know what obituary is? Anybody knows what obituary is? Do you know? Anybody wants to explain what they know that obituary is? It is a notice to say you are dead. So the guy heard me. I went to preach and put, print out something that says, I am now dead. I, de I died on this particular day because he was trying to say he is now born again. Christianity is not denying the fact that you have an earthly life. It is actually saying you now have a new life. But do you know the beautiful thing about the new life? The new life that you now have that, in, that is in Christ Jesus is higher than the earthly life. Praise God. Praise God. So that's why we say you are born again. So when, what does it mean to be born again? Simple. It means you have believed the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel is very simple. What you have to believe is very, very simple. First Corinthians 15 verse 1. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1. I am just trying to do a foundation, though this is a foundation teaching, foundational teaching. Praise God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 1. It says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein ye stand, by which you are saved. If you keep in memory what I preached to you, except you believed in vain. Verse 3, for I delivered unto you first of all that which I received. How that Christ died for our sins. What is the gospel? Number one, Christ did what? Died for our sins. What else is in the gospel? It says in verse 4, and that he was buried. What else is in the gospel? Christ was buried. And that he rose again the third day. What else is in the gospel? That he... What, now, the importance of the death of Christ is the fact that he came out of the grave. It was when Christ came out of the grave, the church was born. So, what is the gospel you have to believe? You have to believe that for you, Christ died. You have to believe that for you, because Christ did not sin. He didn't do any evil. You have to believe that for you, he was buried. You have to believe that for you, he came out of the grave, defeating sin. And in defeating sin, you defeated sin too. Praise God. Praise God. What have we said so far? That's my introduction. I'll, pick up, I'll be faster now. My introduction is just to tell you, the Bible is about salvation. It's about identity. What you have to do is that you have to believe. What you have to believe is the gospel. The gospel is that Jesus Christ died for you. Now, the idea is that now you are born again. It means you, have, you believe that Christ has forgiven you of all your sins. Say, um, I believe that Christ forgi has forgiven me for all my sins. 
I'll say it again. I believe that Christ has forgiven me of all my sins. I believe when Christ died, I died with him. Now, this is Christianity. When Christ was buried, I was buried with him. When Christ was raised from the dead, I was raised from the dead, a new creation. Now listen, you did not die. Christ died. What do you do? You identify with his death. In that when he died, you died. In that when he was buried, who was buried? You were buried. In that when he came out of the grave, you came out of the grave. What are you to do? Simply identify with what he has done. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Look at verse 17. It says, therefore, if any man is where? If any man is in? If any man is in, is in Christ. Listen, who, where is that man? Where is that man? In, where is that man? If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Listen to what he said. How many people here are Christians? You believe the gospel. Let me just see your hands up. You believe the gospel. So the day you believe the gospel, did you become all new in your body? Someone answer because we are, we, you raise up your hand. Did you become all new in your body? But the Bible here says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. So what happened? It means the Bible is lying. Is that what it means? Let's go back again. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Be behold, all things have become new. Is that what happened to you when you believed the gospel? Do you physically just, maybe you don't understand what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying that maybe you had Afro, like I used to have. And then you believe the gospel, immediately you became bowed. Because you have to start afresh. Or you are 30 when you believe the gospel. And the moment you believe the gospel, you became a brand new child. All a baby. No, that's not what happened to you. But the Bible here is saying you're new. So what actually happened? Because nothing happened to your body. Because if you are going to understand identity, identity is not in the realms of your body. Identity is not in the realms of your feelings. Identity is in the realms of a fact of what Jesus actually said about you. So let us start from the beginning. When you got born again and you are told you are born again, did you feel new? No. Are you new? Yes. Where is that newness? I will tell you very soon. Because if you don't understand this concept, I am telling you, there is nothing we can say. It will look like we are all, I'm, I'm, I'm just cracking a joke. Listen to it again. When you believe the gospel, did anything physical happen to you? No. That is where a lot of people struggle with the scriptures. Because a lot of the times, okay, let me share this. And then I'll go to 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 24. Just to make it make sense to you. Look at it. It says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things are new. And now this man that is reading the Bible from face value is saying, I believe, but I am not new. What is going on? The word of God here 
does not address your physical body. The word of God here addresses who you really are. And we're going to get there. Because if you get this very point, if you switch off, I, I, I say things like that, but it's not that I mean it. If you switch off after you get that point, Captain Tudor can do the remaining. You will, it will sink in. But if you don't get this part, place to something is said, you don't see it. Where is it? It leaves you with the conclusion that is God actually lying? Or I don't even understand the Bible. How many people have been reading the Bible? You see something, it's so clear. You don't see it in your life, and you're just wondering, okay, they're they lying now. Or I don't even, okay, let's just close. How many people have closed the Bible out of frustration before? You said I'm new. I, I'm not new. This is an opportunity to actually have a brand new face. You said I'm new. Okay, I believe the gospel. You look at the mirror again, it's still the same you. <laughs> First, Thessalonians 5. I am saying if you get this, a lot of your Christian life and the issues around the word of God will be sorted out. First, First Thessalonians chapter 5. Thank you. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Look at verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray God your, I want you to be there with me because it's going to identify who you are. I pray God your whole, I'm in verse 23, 1 Thessalonians 5, 23. I pray God your whole what? Spirit, uh-huh, soul, and body be preserved. So man is a, church, man is a, man is a, man is a, does he have a soul? Does he live in a body? Let's look at it again. Man is a spirit. He possesses a soul. He has a body. So when you read the word of God, the first thing you are asking, this thing that has just been said, where is it addressing? If any man being Christ is a new creation, because we're going to start to hear about who you are. You're forgiven. You're loved. Uh, you wake up on a particular day. You feel like maybe God has deserted you and is now living in South Africa. That's how far you feel. Your because if you don't get it now, you will struggle with when your emotions are on holiday. Meaning the days your emotions are just angry. You will struggle with what I'm saying. No, 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 nobody should tell me anything. No, you will not deny your emotions, but you will recognize that your emotions don't define you. Because you know who you are. Who you are is not based on how you feel. Who you are is based on what has been said. And what has been said is describing the state of your spirit. Let me break it down again. First Thessalonians 5 verse 23. It says there are three parts. There is the spirit. There is the soul. The spirit. When a man, when the Bible says, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Where did the newness happen? His spirit. That spirit that the man, so when you got born again, what you received is God, the spirit living in you. Where is God today? If you look up, change your Bible study teacher, which is you. Meaning, if you look left, right, up, and you're talking about God, you don't understand Christianity. Where is God? You find a respectable man in his, in his house let me say it again. You find, you find a respectable man in his house. The believer has become the temple of God. If you are looking for God, 
he is in men. Because when you got born again, you became the house of God. Praise. Some say, ah, me, house of God. That's exactly what I'm saying. You will not see it. Your flesh, your flesh will never tell you that. I'm telling you that if you understand this, healing becomes very simple. If you understand this, being able to walk in joy in the midst of very difficult situations becomes very easy. If you understand this, forgiving your spouse becomes very easy. If you, if you get it, that's why I'm not in a hurry. Because if you get this part of who you are, anything, Captain, today will come and tell you that you are, and you choose to believe it. You understand that, okay, though I do not feel it, it is the real me. I can now choose to act upon who I really am. Praise God. Church, praise God. Let's look at it again. Who are you? My, he says, the very God of peace sanctify you only. And I pray God, your whole spirit, soul, and body. Where does the word of God actually address? Your spirit. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. So your spirit is the part of you that is God. I'll say it again. The, your spirit is actually God in you. Praise God. Praise God. Let me show you that. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at verse 12. 1 Corinthians 2 verse 12. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of that man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Look at it again. The things of God, no man knows, but the Spirit of God. Are you in verse 11? Now, look at verse 12. Now, someone say now. We have received. Did he say we are going to receive? No. He says we have received. Not the Spirit of this world. Is there a Spirit of this world? Is that what we receive when we believe the gospel? It's, no, it says we have received a spirit that is not of this world, but we receive the spirit which is of God. The spirit in you, where did it come from? God. So God is in you. Say God is in me. I am God's house. I am God's home. God lives in me. That's what Christianity is. Christ in me. So God now lives in me. Look at it here. It says, you have received the spirit that is of God. So what is Christianity? Jesus came on the earth. He was one man. By his death and resurrection, he reproduced himself. So not only Pastor Dio can carry Jesus. Sister Sally can carry Jesus. Sister, uh, Sister Sarah can carry Jesus, right? Everybody, Sister Barbara can carry Jesus. If I didn't call your name, call your name and carry Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So every one of us can carry this Jesus. But where, is the, where are we carrying this Jesus? Thank God we are not carrying him on our body. Because imagine me going to work carrying Jesus on my body. So it's not on my body. But where is Jesus with me everywhere I go? Yes. So if I was, if I'm a believer and I say something like, God, go with me. How can I tell my liver to go to the toilet with me? No, I don't need his permission. He is already in me. My liver is in me. God is already in me. Praise God. 
Let's backtrack a little. What did I receive when I got born again? I received the spirit. Where is this spirit? The spirit is of God. Meaning if the spirit is of God, that spirit is perfect. What is imperfect? The soul. How many people know that the soul is not perfect? How many people know that? How many people have had emotions that Pastor Dio should not know about? Uh, uh, okay. Okay, now be, be honest. How many people have had, you have done something because your activities come from your mind. Because you are perfect as a spirit. Your spirit is perfect. Your spirit is the gift God gave to you. You cannot defile your spirit. It's the gift of God to you. Where Pastor Tunde will be discussing with you through these sessions will be how to deal with your mind. When you are able to deal with your mind, your body is just a prostitute of your mind. Your body is in love with your your body is in love with your mind. If your body, if your if your mind says jump, that's when your body jumps. Praise God. If your body does what your mind did not actually control, that's when we say you are out of your. So when you see someone that has issues mentally, it is because he is now acting in ways that is not corresponding with a sound mind. So the idea is, the idea is, but that person can be a Christian and the person is still perfect in his spirit. See, if you get this, be happy. Because that's the foundation this has come and lay here. If you get this one, right? The spirit is who you really are. Remember, if any man is in Christ, is a new, what is the new creation? The spirit. Let me tell you some things that are in that spirit. Praise God. Look at Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. See, I'm brand new. I am of God. I'm perfect in God. I did not say you don't make mistakes because obviously you are someone that is controlled by your mind. But I'm just trying to say, understand that there is perfection and it is already in the spirit. What you now be actually saying to Pastor Stine, Pastor Stine, please, can you help me know how to take what is in my spirit and so it can get into my mind, so it can affect how I live my body? Praise God. Look at Galatians chapter 5. Look at verse 22. And the fruit of the spirit is... Church, the fruit of the spirit is... Church, the fruit of the spirit is... The fruit of which spirit? Where is that spirit? So, who has love? Church, who has love? But have you ever behaved in a way that you, you know that is not lovely? You raise your hands up here. There's to them who are in Christ Jesus, but raise up your hand. Have you behaved in a way that you say, ah, ah, why? But the Bible says there is love on the inside of you. Meaning, if they put you here, if it could happen, and they put God here, the love you have and the love God have, has is the same. Remember, you are of God. The love you have and the love God has is the same. God is so loving. God loves his enemies. The Bible says God demonstrated his love for us that while we are yet sinners, not when we are good, while we are yet his enemies, he died for us. So the love of God is the kind of love that makes you die for your enemy. God says that by the resurrection, that love is in you. But I'm people here, you want to really, really give a piece of your mind to your enemy. 
you, you don't want your enemy to have that promotion. Because your enemy might be your boss. Your enemy might be, I hope your enemy is not your husband. You, just, you, 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 you want to give him a piece of your mind. But you are love. Love is in your spirit full. I'm not, at no point in time since you got born again is your love quotient like maybe 32. That you're not 32%. You're not saying, ah, man, I'll have love to love. But I'm weak. My spirit needs to be charged up. No. You as a believer, say all the time, in my spirit, there is love. Look at it again. Let me... 13. Continue with me remaining. First Corinthians 13. Look at verse... Praise God. Are you in verse 4? First Corinthians 13, verse 4. Can someone read that to us in the New Living Translation? Because I just want to beat out some. New Living Translation, 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. Yep. Yes, please. Stop. Love is patient. Say, I am patient. Now, let me tell you a key that will help you. One of the things you do with what God says you are is talk about it so much. Why do we confess God's word or talk about God's word? We talk what has been said about us to correct how our mind thinks. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. So one of the reasons we speak God's word back to ourselves is to change how we think. So for our minds to correspond with what is the fact in the spirit, we must always agree. Don't say agree. You are to agree with what God has said you are. Don't say, ah, no, no, no. <laughs> I, know what I know what love is. Our love is when you, love is when you, but the family I am from, the way we are, no. If you offend me for four days, I ain't talking to you. That's just how I am. That's how I was made up. No, it's your mind. It's your mind that thinks that way. But that's why we're telling you the truth about who you really are. It says love is patient. Sister Sally, what else is love? So it says love is patient, meaning that you are patient with people. You have the capacity to be patient with people the way Jesus is patient with people. I know I'm making it a tall order, yes, because I'm comparing you to God. It's okay. I will show you how the link happens. And if I don't, Captain Today has the work to do. What is he using eight hours for anyway? <laughs> it's to tell you these things. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. So love is patient. So if I forget anything, I must know that the real me is patient. When I act impatiently, what should I not do? What Captain Tune just spoke about, condemnation. Oh, there's nothing good about me. Can you see me? I am impatient. No. You know what? What you talk about, you tempt yourself with. You tempt yourself with. So if you keep talking about the fact that you're impatient, you're impatient, it's something that you will leave out. Confuse your mind if you like. Direct your mind to your real person. You direct your mind by telling yourself who you are. Praise God. So, okay, Pastor Dio, I, I, let me give you a practical example. A, a, a particular lady, this was a minister of the gospel, has ministering the gospel for over 10 years, you know, met myself and my wife. One of the issues with the lady was a pastor. This lady was in severe masturbation. Everything she thought she knew to do, she would do as a pastor. Praise God. Amen. All right. Everything she thought she could do, she had done. But she was still struggling with this habit. Am I out of frame? 
Okay. All right, praise God. Oh, okay, thank you. All right, so, all right, thank you for that. Okay, so this lady was struggling with this habit. She had done everything. And every time she did that, which was not right, what she did was she goes into that web of com condemnation. I won't do it again. Oh, my God, I'm such a very, very terrible person. I'm such a this, I'm such a that. And she never left that particular web for over 10 years. And when we met, the beauty is not in that we met, though it's beautiful that we met. It is in the fact that she could see how to use the truth practically to help herself. So we said to her, though you have this habit, you are not that habit. Stop identifying. What are we talking about here? Identity. Stop identifying with your habit. Your change truly comes when you identify with who you really are. Even if you don't believe what the Bible says you are, at least keep saying it. If you keep saying it, it gets to a point your mind will get to agree with it. That's how I got to realize that I'm handsome. <laughs> I didn't get to realize that I'm handsome by what or I kept telling myself till I woke up one day and said, <laughs> you're fine. It just hit me. What the Pentecostals would call revelation knowledge. And there's nothing anybody can do after that day. Whether I comb my hair or not, I'm fine. Why? I chose to tell my... I'm not talking about positive speaking. Though that's an example. I'm talking about who you are. So when you have a, this habit you're struggling with, don't say, oh, everybody knows me. I'm impatient. We don't know you. The Bible says we know any man no longer after the flesh. No, we don't know you. Don't know yourself like that. I am saying that even when you do things that are not wrong, don't identify with the thing. You are living in the circus of condemnation. And you will never grow. You will always be sorry. You will always be sinning. You will always be very, very sorry. You will, you will always be saying, I will not do it again, Lord, but you will do it. But the moment your mind, the asset you have is your mind. The power you have is your mind. What you give your mind attention to becomes its influence. Your mind is not loyal to you. Your mind is loyal to the information that you give it. Wow. Your mind is not loyal. Don't think your mind maybe loves you because the mind is Sister Sally's mind. So he's doing what Sister Sally likes. No. It's, it's what Sister Sally gives to the mind that the mind programs and becomes Sister Sally's mindset. Praise God. Your mind is not loyal to you. It's not. It's loyal to the information that you give it. So if you keep telling yourself that you are impatient, while the, in the spirit you are patient, patient, you will never see the patient manifest in your life. And you will wonder what is going on. Praise God. Praise God. Love is, I, I know I've been putting you on 1 Corinthians 13 verse 4. What else is in it? It's kind. Love is kind. Say I'm kind. Say I'm kind. Say I'm so kind. I'm very kind. I am kindness. Oh, is it, learn to talk the Bible. It says love is kind. I am kind. Hey, 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 even when you will never be kind. Hey, I am telling you about how you change. You would identify with your identity so much that you will confuse your mind. You will confuse your mind into the truth. Your mind now develops a conscience of kindness. Meaning that when you are not kind, you're not the Holy Ghost. Your mind is now saying you should be kind. Because you have said, I am kind too long. Praise God. Praise God. 
Let, let me go a little, but stay in 1 Corinthians 13. Let me go a little to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. You tell your mind who your mind is. Don't wait. James chapter 1. Look at verse 26. It says, if anyone amongst you seems to be religious, that is what we call Christian, born again, the one that believes on God's word. It says in that verse, if this man is religious and bridle not his own tongue, when you don't hold your tongue, meaning you allow your tongue to say what it likes, what will your tongue do to your life? It's there. What will you do to your heart? It's there. Look at it. You will. Church, you will. Okay, you're not there. I'll wait for you. James chapter 1. I want you to be there. Verse 26. If any man amongst you seem to be religious, are you there? And does what? Bridle not his tongue. What will he do? But deceiveth what? His own heart. What will he do? He deceiveth his own heart. What does he say there? That It will not work. Null and void. It looks like he's a Christian, but he's not. Why? He will not say what has been said about him. He has confused his heart now by saying he's impatient. His heart now honestly believes he's impatient. His heart now programs him to be impatient. Why? This person said they'll be here for the, Why are they not here? What's wrong? This one is not even growing in Christ. Ah, four years. What's going on? But no, the Bible says you should be patient with all men. Patience is in you. But you have confused your heart to think impatience is normal because you have addressed yourself by another way. You didn't address yourself by who you are in Christ. See, I'm patient. See, I'm kind. You, you see, Keep talking this thing so much. You wake up one day and say, wow. Let me give an example. You wake up one day and say, wow. <laughs> I'm going to buy my wife a brand new car. You just wake up one day and say, wow. I'm going to watch this person grow. I'm not going to be very, very heavy-handed on them anymore. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not keep a record of wrongs. Look at that. A record of wrongs. You know, imagine you're going to meet Jesus. You say, oh, in the name of Jesus, say, wait. Jesus, God, Jesus says, wait. <laughs> you want us to just skip it over? <laughs> you think I didn't know what you did last week Wednesday? Right? You just want to, you don't want us to talk about it. <laughs> you were boasting up and down. Saying that all that you have, you are the one that made it. And you have done this, you've done this, you've done that. You that wanted to pray, wouldn't you just say, in the name of Jesus Christ, we have prayed, amen. And you go your way. Why? Because he brought up things. Wherever, wherever wrongs are brought up, relationships never thrive. That's why the Bible says, love keeps no record of wrongs. When we were dating, <laughs> yeah, three of our dating. You forgot my birthday, and you think that marriage will last. <laughs> no, love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. Where does this love lie? This love is not in your mind. You know what your mind will say? Tell him. Tell him he forgot. Should he forget? Stephen's wife, they did their 40th birthday. The man did a surprise. Look at me. That's your mind. How many people have, have had their minds go wayward like that before? Let, 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 let's be real here. Let, give him a piece of your mind and let anything 
Oh, what happened? Happen? We will apologize later. Glory to God. <laughs> yeah. But we now start to train our mind in who we are. And your mind is saying, tell him a piece of your mind. I'm patient. All right. So what is happening now? This is where what the Bible calls the battlefield of the mind. What is the battle? Other thoughts with the thoughts of your real identity. You're sick. No, in the name of Jesus, the power of God is working here. Ah, uh, uh, with all the pain you are feeling, uh, the power of God is working here. If anybody came into the room, they say, ah, oh, this one has lost his mind. You were impatient last week Sunday. Oh, I'm the most patient man that exists on the earth. Patience and me, we are one. Ah, your mind will even say, you know when you are talking sometimes, your mind can even, you, you might hear it, depending on how you live. Your mind will say, ah, ah, dayo. <laughs> it's the battlefield of the mind. Where you are choosing to identify. I would rather identify with who God says I am or there's no other option. Even when I am feeling it, I identify. Even when I, I will do it again, I identify. Because I know the moment my, my mind can be in sync with who I am in the spirit, when that starts to happen, there is nothing anybody anywhere can do. Your mind is, your mind is strong in battle. Your mind is loyal. Your mind is powerful. The moment your mind can pick up the same thing that is ex in your spirit, which is what God has said about you, you become a different person. It says love covers a multitude of sins. You say, your mind is saying, no, not here. When you're just not here. Pray for your enemy. No, the enemy dies. Ah. Pray for your enemy. No, the enemy. No. There's a battle until you get to a point. Even when you are crying, you can still say, that particular sister that walked away with the one that was supposed to be my husband. I love you. I forgive you. God bless you. <laughs> you say, Pastor, this is not me. You don't know. Ah, it, it, they will go for honeymoon on the plane come down. And when it comes down, everybody will make it and for testimony. It's only the husband and the wife. They will not just be able to see each other. <laughs> what is that? The mind. Why? The mind is angry. And the, man want, the mind wants to execute his venom. And then you say, no, I'm a new creation. You are to remind yourself of your identity. Praise God. Let's go back. Remember, we're coming from, we're coming from James chapter 1. You want to ask a question? Okay, write it down. You answer the question. I'll answer it, yeah? We are here for eight hours and more. Amen and amen. You can deceive your heart. You can, because I'm not the one that said it. One of the things I know to do so well is I don't have my opinions on any of these things. I only just quote the Bible to people and say glory to God. The glory to God is mine. The one in the middle is God's. He says, you deceive your heart. He says, it's not God's religion. Your religion will be vain. If you can deceive your heart, it means you can direct your heart. Praise God. So your, your heart is actually yours to direct. Hallelujah. Church, hallelujah. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does, uh, what else? Jealous. Uh -huh. Or boastful. Or proud. Or rude. Love is not rude. You know, I'm not talking about, okay, no, this is the way I, this way I talk. Because I'm from Mexico. No. You have a, you're a new creation. 
And as a new creation, there is a way that you come across. That is, anyone that says God was talking to him, I say, come here. You said you were hearing from God. You had a vision of God. God said, come here. Stand up. Ah, I'm talking, stand up. I, come here, kneel down, stupid girl. And you say it's God. It's not God. God is not rude. That's how sometimes you get to know that people's visions is not really a vision of God. It's just an excited person that ate so late at 12 p.m. That's all that it is. Because there are some tenets about God. God will never be rude. Because the spirit, the fruit of the spirit is love. And love is not rude. So there is no rudeness in God. If there is rudeness in you, it is something you copied from the world. What do you need to do? Identify with who you are. We are not rude. We don't talk like that. We don't talk like that. We're new creations. We're not rude. See, there are things we'll be talking about ourselves. It's not so that you go back and say, oh my God. Of everything that they said, they said love is not patient. I'm not patient. They said love, love is patient. I'm not patient. They said love is kind. I'm not kind. They said love is no. I'm even rude again. Is this spirit living in me? Don't be like that. You are the one of all of us. If everybody goes to bed sleeping tonight, you say, glory to God. I am patient. Your mind will say, oh. you will soon come early for the meeting tomorrow and nobody's here. Where's everybody? I'm even living here. <laughs> say, glory to God. I'm kind. I, I can't wait to come out of this conference. I'm looking for who to be kind to. That's what, you be, that's what you're doing. When we are all sleeping, if that's where your, your, your temptation is, if that's where the problem is, say glory to God. I don't keep a record of wrongs. My husband is finally free. Hey, hey, hey. I congratulate you and I congratulate myself. He's not there. You are talking to yourself. I have finally let him go. Oh, oh. I will not remember any longer that he did not buy me that brand new ring. I have finally let him go. I will not. You're talking to yourself. You're talking to yourself. Why? When your mind agrees with these things. It's not good. Let me, and that's where um, Captain Tony will come in tomorrow. It's not, let me tell you, my teachings, it's not one that you just do it tomorrow. I'm kind. And then next week, we'll just see you there. You're just kind to everybody. No, that's not the way it works. <laughs> so you don't call me a frost preacher. <laughs> this man said he's kind, he's kind. I expected to wake up on Tuesday morning uh, after the Jubilee Bank holiday. And I'm just looking at my, my manager and just saying, oh, wow, how are you doing today? How was work? Are you okay? How, you know what? I bought this thing for you. No. You will still see that manager at work. And just be like... I really want to slap you. <laughs> I honestly want to slap you, but I'm kind. <laughs> you might need to sometimes excuse yourself from the room because it is what we call the renewing of the mind. What you do now as character didn't jump on you today. It took maybe some, for some people, it took 25 years, 13 years, 19 years to form your worldview. You just think, you just hear Pastor Dario come and say, I'm kind. And you just wake up one day, I'm kind, I'm kind. No, you will fight that battle. You will go to war. You will go to war with your, with your sword. The Bible calls it the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. You will go to battle in your mind. The greatest mountains we fight and we face are not the mountains out there in the world. They are the mountains in our mind. That's why the Bible says, if thou shalt say to this mountain, greatest mountain, the one in your heart, because the mountain has been there for, for sometimes 18 years. Sometimes based on experiences, daddy was not there, mommy was not there, brother was not there. So now you think the world is wicked and you are, you are raised to think tit for tat. And then now you are hearing someone say, bless the enemy. No, your mind will say, no, can you not remember that when I really needed men, they were not there. I shall not be there for men. And then you, you fight and say, no, I'm kind. You keep at 
why this meeting will make sense to you. If you hold on to what is said to you and not let it go like a bulldog, may a bulldog not bite you. If a bulldog should bite you, that flesh will go with the bulldog. He, le- he takes the funk on the flesh and will not let go. That's the way you have to hold it. I'm kind. Anything When they are beating a bulldog to leave your body, you think that maybe he did something wrong. He will not leave that until the flesh goes. When he holds the flesh, it becomes his personal possession. The bulldog will not let go. You can't say that's my flesh. No. It's not his. It's the same way with the truths. You don't let it go. Even if I come tomorrow and say, ah, everybody, praise God, praise God, praise God. I made a mistake. You are not kind. I'm saying, look at me. Oh, yesterday, I was just joking. I want to say how you behave. You are not kind. You will never be kind. <laughs> I am telling you to your face. You, you are wicked. You say, no, I'm kind. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you say, no, I'm kind. It's too late now. I know the truth. Praise God. Hallelujah. You identify with who you are in the spirit, regardless of how you feel. Your feelings are not you. Your feelings are a function of the things that happen on the earth, life, and all those kind of things. Like I always say, as beautiful as that lady is now, and the, maybe the husband or the boyfriend offends her, she'll be frowning until the man, that's how feelings are, until the man says, wow, in beauty, are you beautiful? She'll say, stop it. Oh, I love that smile. Even the way you are frowning. You know, there is a kind of beauty with your friend. Would you stop that now? What I love your sense of dressing. Stop it. Oh, look at the way you're coming down your way. I just love it when, when we walk hands in hands. Stop it. Oh, look at your nose again. Oh, you know, honey. Continue. What has happened? The mind has been toyed with. The mind has replaced what someone said. You don't know my husband. We kill ourselves. No, you're not like that. You're a new creation. You're born of God. The word of God controls you. And when it doesn't, you remind yourself. Can we get a believing amen? How many people have been blessed here tonight? Yeah. <laughs> how many people have been blessed here tonight? Yeah. Now, how many people understand what we have taught tonight? I mean, it's foundation. Remember, we have eight hours to go. I don't want to get you too tired. Praise God. Praise God. The foundation is quite clear. You are a spirit. You have a mind. The idea that you have a mind means that you are the one in control. But do you know you can allow your mind just do what it likes? You actually can. Your mind will go in the direction of what it actually has in front of it. So your mind is never neutral. Praise God. And, you, and the body is the other part of it. That The body will do exactly what the mind says. Where did God walk? God walked in your spirits. What did, how did God, what work did God do? He gave you his spirit. Where is that spirit? That spirit is in you. What is the capacity of that spirit? Love. What is love so far? Love is kind. Love is patient. And you're patient. Love does not keep a record of wrong. You can go on in your, in your private time and study it through. Right? Um, I mean, how many more minutes do I have? Let me know. Or oh, am I done? Two. Thank you very much. I, I knew. 
the spirit itself beareth witness with my spirit that the time is up. All right, praise God. That's why, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm rounding up. Now, what have we said so far? We have said so far now. Now that you know that you're a spirit, now that you know that the word of God addresses your spirit, now when you see love, you don't feel love. You know love. Did you hear what I said? You don't feel love because you know when people get married and on the day you get married and you're doing your vows, you all look yonkidori. Oh, I look at you and when the star is dream and when the love is dull, I shall be there for you. You say, huh? And I mean, you know, all of those times you're all bubbly and excited. You feel like I will go the oceans for you. I will have the moon for you. You're doing your vows. The lady's crying. The man too is crying. The man sees the face. They remove the veil. Everybody's weeping. The whole place is wet. <laughs> hey! Four years into the marriage. Will you stand up now? Let's go to church. <laughs> so it's not always going to be like the wedding day. It's sometimes you just remember. You sometimes things are upon your mind. You will just have to remember who you are. You will just have to remember who you are. There is no other trick. Prayer will not particularly do it. It's the knowledge of who you are that will do it. The Bible says grace and peace is multiplied through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and is multiplied through the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's knowledge that will do it. Knowledge of who you are is what will do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. See, I'm patient. I'm kind. I'm patient. I'm kind. Let's conclude. Last scripture. Let's conclude in the midst of those two minutes. Let's conclude. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22. A lot of people have believed that I will not finish on time. And I made up my mind that I will. They know themselves. Lead operations. Wife. <laughs> Convenience wife. To mention but a few. <laughs> Alright. Verse 22. But the fruit of the spirit is love. Joy. What is inside of you? Joy. Church, what is inside of you? Joy. Is it every day you wake up and just say, <laughs> Oh, morning, darling. No. If you say that's how you live, we also should actually really check you. No. But is it in you? It is there. That is why the Bible says, count it all joy when you go through diverse trials now this is you being practical you are going through a tough time god says the way you respond is joy meaning joy is not a function of things going good or bad in your life joy is just the way we live it is the way we respond to things something happens it's not a good thing you say glory to god <laughs> i choose remember these things that are in you you choose them to act them in your life Joy. It says, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace. What is in you? Peace. Church, what is in you? Peace. <laughs> and I say, no, anywhere you go, it scatters. No, that's not the gift of God. It's peace. It says, follow peace. As it's up to you, follow peace with all men. It's not a good testimony. You go to a place, the place scatters. If it is up to you, peace is what they, they should know you by. Ah, Sally, a.k.a. peace. Not Sally, a.k.a. trouble. That's not who you are. Don't say, no, no, you know me, you know me. That's just, that's just house. My grandmother was like that. No. You are born of the spirit. You are of your father. When you are describing yourself, say, oh, I am this peaceful because my father is like that. Who is your father? The Lord of glory. Rise upon your feet. If you have been blessed, just thank God tonight. 
thank him for the spirit because it is the spirit that gave capacity for us to even be able to live it out. Lord, I have come to start to see who I am. Oh, Father, I thank you for the spirits. For in me there is love. In me is patience. In me is joy. In me is long-suffering. Father, I thank you for the spirits. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In me is love. Keep saying it. In me is love. In me is patience. In me is life. Speak it, speak it, speak it unto yourself. Educate your mind about your new identity. Your identity in Christ Jesus. Educate your mind. Tell your mind. You are patient. You are not immoral. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's take our seat. How many of you guys are so blessed by Pastor Dyer's teaching? How many of you are happy that you came? Praise God. We got more for you guys tomorrow. So it's going to come up again uh, tomorrow evening when after I've done my own uh, workshop sessions in the sense, you know, to, to help you guys learn how to walk in that authority. There's so much inside of him, right? So he's, he's, there's nobody else I would give that to to deal with things that has to do with spiritual authority. And if we have enough time, we'll probably get you guys to practice, to pray for somebody else and see the results. Transformers Church, we got to see the results. So a friend of mine was asking uh, at the foyer there to say, you know, so what's our KPI as a church? I said our KPI as a church, I mean, as to... I said, our uh, KPI, what I mean KPI, I mean key performance indicator, how we are performing is not, we don't use numbers. How many members we have, that's not how we measure success in this church. How we measure success is changed lives. Amen. Changed lives. So if going home tonight and your husband tries to be funny, I say, no, I'm patient. Yeah, we've achieved our goal to some extent. Amen. And uh, like I said earlier on, we don't just come and preach and teach you. We form community. So you sit in the life of someone like myself and my wife. I guess, I mean, I don't want to talk so much about Transmaster, but I say to people, I say, a few of the, all the churches in the world, the one, at least one of them that you should be part of is the Transformers Church. Amen. But that's uh, for another day. <clears throat> but one thing in my mind as we're praying there is this. You know, I felt in my heart that someone, you know, someone they have this kind of um, feelings with immorality, and it's kind of like, you know, even as Dai was speaking, you know, you, 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 your mind was just on that attitude and um, what you've been going through and your emotional struggle. What I want to encourage you to do tonight is to choose to believe what the Bible says about you, regardless of how you feel. Tomorrow, by God's grace, I'm going to help you guys a lot to be able to pinpoint certain emotions and how to put them where they belong, right? Which is out there, which is not in you. So just pray with me tomorrow. Is that tomorrow is a long day, I mean, and it's kind of quite um, intense a little bit. Uh, we're going to do a lot of talking together, uh, watch a, a short video clips. Um, yeah, tomorrow is going to be, you know, what I did there, he literally ran through tomorrow's session from start to the end even the scriptures I was going to be using and even the illustrations and things I'm going to be expressing. So you see tomorrow, so when, I, when, when we have our first session, who am I? 
uh, you, when we go through all the practical session, you see Archidius talk about this. So this was really means so it's how far I can go. Amen. So I look forward to that session tomorrow. Uh, as I, you have a question, right? Ayo, I'm going to, you're going to get to ask that question now. You know, when Pastor Dyer talked about something about the mind, you know, I felt a, a kind of a strong bubble in my spirit. You know, the way he described how your mind is loyal to the information that you give to it should tell you that you got to guard your mind with all diligence. You don't allow anyone to call you a name that you are not. You know, somebody said to my wife one day, um, kind of a sibling, that, you know, why are you kind of dumb and stuff like that? If I had my way, I was going to rip that woman apart over the phone. That sounds like I'm mean and violent, right? But that's literally just kind of literally, I mean, and like, huh? I'm kind. <laughs> but I will not be kind in that, in that extent, in, in that context. You know why? Because I understand the power of words. The Bible says that God created everything by speaking them into being. You want to ru- ruin a life? Call them a name that they are not. You saw the illustration that I gave you. A lady angry or upset with a boyfriend and he started speaking. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Started speak- the guy started speaking something to her, to her mind and, sh- and it started changing her attitude and behavior. What are more powerful than guns? Because I've seen people who use words to take a gun from someone who was going to kill them. Amen. So please hold on to those things that is, uh, is shared with you guys. And then we, you have them again tomorrow evening by God's grace for, for more. Amen. Praise God. Let me get ahead a question and then we, we go for it. Thank you. Can I just say the energy in which you came with tonight, I have been really, really blessed. So thank you so much. And thank you for your obedience to God. That was incredible. So as my question, I feel like I've got the answer, but I just want to ask it anyways, is when you said you tell yourself, so like you tell your mind, who is telling, is it my spirit or is it my body? Like, because to say is a practical thing, right? So who is that? Or what part of me is that, is doing that action? Practical. In your now, when we talked about the mind, we said something. We said there is a battle. What is the battle in the mind? Is the battle of voices, right? So, in your mind will be a voice that says, "You give me one example. You are, you're useless." It's in the mind. So that's why, we, you know, Joyce Meyer will say is the battlefield of the mind. So the voice is coming from situations, circumstances, things that have happened or whatever to say, okay, you're useless. You, that same you, the knowledge that you have is what you would take to actually now say in that same mind you introduce. You introduce what? Words. So in your mind, there is, vo- just like, Okay, I don't want to go into deep, but just like in the garden of Eden with Eve, Eve was told words, but she lost the battle. She was told, if you eat that thing, it will make you wise. She paid her attention to the thing, then took it and ate it, right? Yep. So the idea would be, it is the same you, but all of this is happening in the mind. Yeah, so... In the mind, there are voices. I don't even need to tell you that. You know that already, right? I, 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 there's sometimes that you actually are feeling like doing something, 
then you say to yourself, no, I will not do that. So a voice is saying, do something. In you, that same you, another voice of knowledge is now saying, no, I will not do that thing. So it is coming from, your mind will have voices, but you also can bring a voice to counter the voices because you now have knowledge. So that is coming from the informed part of you, which is still a part that would influence your mind. That's why it's a battle, is the battle of Armageddon. It is the word of God, technically, versus the word of the devil. Does it make sense? In that same mind. The same thing happened to Jesus. They said to Jesus, in the temptation, right? Because they are all temptations. They said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, where did it happen? It's not that a, a, a devil was with him in the, on the mountain. No, right? If you are the son of God, jump down. It was in his mind. Where did he answer? He said, the guy said to count, I will not, you know, that, 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 uh, turn these stones to bread. Man shall not live by bread alone. Who gave him those words? We get to know that it is the temptation of words from the devil in his mind. How did he respond? The informed part, so did he want to turn the stones to bread? Yes, why? He was hungry. That's why it's a temptation. A temptation must be something that if all things being equal, you will do it. So that's why he tells you he was hungry. Then he was tempted, turn stone to bread. Where did it happen? In his mind. What did he now say? Man shall not live. So how did he answer the temptation? He threw a voice into the battlefield and said, no, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Jump down. No, for he shall give his angels start You shall not tempt the Lord thy God. And what did he do? He didn't jump. So he introduced words into his mind that helped his body do the right thing. Does it make sense? 